the resurrection. The resurrection is this, is this time and space and place. And then after that, we have these stories about how that one then appeared to the ones that he knew and loved very well. And in that appearing, they often didn't recognize the new creation that stood before them. They were often uh, taken off uh, guard. They think about the road to Emmaus, okay? Walking along the road are two guys talking about the events that had happened in Jerusalem. And along comes a third man asking, what are you guys talking about? And the men say, are you not from around here? Everyone knows what's been going on. It would be like uh, talking about the, the pandemic and someone comes up and says, what are you talking about? I haven't heard about a pandemic. You just sort of be like, well, where have you been? In a coma? I mean, have you been out of your head? We, everybody knows about the events that have been happening. Um, this one stands in the midst and walks alongside. Having said to the disciples, it is better for you that I go away so that the Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit can come within you and upon you in a brand new way. For the spirit of love had always been in the earth and upon the people, but it took a different shape through the Easter event and then comes into us in a different way. It's a new creation. It's a new way of being with. It's a new way of being with God. I had a dear friend, uh, I just want you to know, just full disclosure, what I'm feeling within me and upon me, if you were feeling this, it's like a power of, of like love. You would probably not be able to speak a coherent sentence. I'm feeling such a charge within me on the inside that I could just worship. I could just worship for a really long time. <laughs> so, but for those that are not feeling anything, I'm trying to give you something here, okay? I'm going to give you, I'm trying to help you. Because <laughs> that's what love does. <laughs> love makes an entree for, uh, for everyone. Yeah, love does that. So I had a dear friend of mine die last week in the middle of the night. Um, he had just run a half marathon uh, the week before, was uh, planning a vacation. It was in love. Um, his three kids were doing great. His youngest son was turning 18. And uh, I loved Doug. His name is Doug Turner. I loved him very much, worked with him for a number of years um, in my previous occupation. And um, he, he just he went to bed uh, last Tuesday and just uh, fell asleep for good and uh, didn't, didn't wake up. And... I was speaking with, um, as things go when you attend a funeral memorial service, um, it's often a reunion of sorts for people that, you know, haven't seen one another in a long time. Um, from all different walks of life, people gather. And we did that. 
and one of my dear friends, Brad, um, he and I uh, really had a lot to catch up on. And so we went afterward to uh, have some more time together. And um, after the, the, the service was over, we went to communicate with one another about what had happened, get caught up. Um, and he, he was very tearful. He's my age, a couple years older than me. Very tearful, um, uh, astute business guy, uh, professional. Um, and we're talking, and, and he's, just, he's just crying. And he said, Bonnie, I just didn't have enough time with him. Um, he would get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning and go meet Doug at Starbucks just to have some time with him because Doug was just a, a, an astute business guy, had a lot of wisdom, and was helping Brad coming up through the ranks. And so he'd get up and leave his family at 6 a.m. in the morning on a Saturday just to go be and sit with Doug, just to have their laptops next, next to one another and just work and see what might bubble up. He said, I'm never going to have that time with him again. It's just hard to believe that that was it. Like, last Tuesday was just it. It's all. I say, yeah, and I'm sitting there, you know, standing there just listening. And these stories of the, post, the post-resurrection stories were really swirling around in my own imagination because Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away so that the Spirit would come in a new and a fresh way. And I heard myself saying to Brad, well, see, now Doug is no longer where he once was, but now he is wherever you are. So you now are going to have to, in a sense, understand what the spirit of Doug would do. You know, from what you gained from him, literally, now you're going to have to reflect and contemplate what would Doug, how would Doug, how might Doug behave and act in this situation? And it really, it really ministered to me because when someone dies, think about that, and and. It, if you haven't had anybody dear to you die, well, in a sense, time changes. You begin to count time in a different way. You know, it was like, well, that was before, right? <laughs> that was before. Oh, well, that was just about a half a year after. Oh, I remember that was two years after. You, time is marked. That's what we're talking about with this, with this cross event. Time is marked. And really, uh, globally, we began to change the way we count time. It was one way, and now we're counting the opposite way. Uh, That happens to us on a personal level, and it was really brought home to me this week that the Spirit of Christ is upon us. And And he said that the Spirit will bring back to you all the things that I have spoken to you. Right? So this is a real-world example because Doug had spoken a lot of things to Brad and to me, and now what we have to do is rely upon the Spirit to bring those things back to the fore, to bring them back up again. 
The, the, the scripture says, if you have so received Christ, now walk in him. This road to Emmaus is a really good story of that. Right before the road to Emmaus, um, it is a healing house, Tammy. I just want to say that. It is a healing house in here. I can see it still happening. Um, when, when you're walking out, so many times in the ministry of Jesus, he'd say, go your way. Go your way for, and don't forget Go your way, don't, for, don't forget, for sin is no longer an issue for you. Or go your way and you will be healed. As you go, as you walk, then you'll be healed. As you go, as you live, as you move. As they were on the road to Emmaus, the presence came in. As they were on the road walking, the presence attended them. See, to, to bring back all the things. Then he began to cook for them. It was in the very ordinary things of life that he began to manifest himself. In one of the stories, it says that they didn't really know that it was Jesus until he broke the bread. Until he broke the bread. It was in the breaking of the bread and in the eating of the fish that they were like, it's you. Didn't our, the, the, the text says, didn't our hearts burn within us? As they're walking along in a very ordinary way, talking about very ordinary things, just talking about the news, there comes Christ. There comes the presence. I want to prepare this house for what's going to happen for next weekend. Next weekend, we are going to get an opportunity to saturate ourselves in the presence and in the spirit of God in this place. I would encourage you not to think of this as only giving away of your time, right? Because you're going to have to get child care, okay? You're going to have to give away, you know, time in the garden or time on the couch or whatever the case is. You're going to have to give away that. But I believe in this situation, it's more of an investment. This is more of an investment of your time and of your spirit, you're going to be saturated with an experience to go inward where the spirit is. There's nothing else you could do next weekend that will afford you a container to get reacquainted with the spirit on the inside. It's the spirit within. It's heaven within you. So this is an investment into your very personhood and into your very life. It's a saturating time, and I want to prepare us for that. I think we've been preparing for that in the, in the singing, in the, in the music, in the way that we're vibrating at a different frequency, on a different level. But these are things, these are important um, times to remember the spirit of the resurrected one. The spirit on the inside. I had a dream. Um, I don't want to go there yet. You're going to have to wait for that one. I have a question for you. When did God first become more than a name to you? Think about it. When did God first become more than a name to you? Okay, or, or when did uh, Jesus first become more than a name to you? And then those that have been walking with the Lord, 
how is that experience continuing to change? How is it becoming so different than it was once before? Are you having that experience as you're walking in him, as you're walking with him? Francis Weller on grief and the need to slow down. Many of you know that I, I unashamedly recommend The Wild Edge of Sorrow, that book. Um, I reference it all the time. The Wild Edge of Sorrow, who said that? <laughs> Didn't somebody know that? Yeah. The Wild Edge of Sorrow, thank you, Troy, is so uh, moving. You need to get it, have it as part of your resource library. Um, how he, que he asked this question, how do we approach our time in the interior? And again, I'm trying to prepare us for next weekend. How do we approach our time in the interior? Because that's what we're doing. We're getting ready to be together, but we're going to go inside. We turn to the thought of John O'Donohue and his call for a reverence of approach. An approach of reverence offers the gentleness and patience to coax our sorrows into our open arms. Inside this perspective is a hidden promise. When we approach our inner life with reverence, something great will approach us. I'm talking about the investment we're getting ready to make in this house. This is a marvelous thought, offering us reassurance that our time in the depths will yield something of great value. Many, many spiritual traditions hold silence and solitude as, a central, as central to the life of soul. Practices such as meditation, contemplation, prayer, and vision quests were designed to open the individual to the wilder and wider cosmos, both within and without. We must first go inside so that we can go outside. We must find what is within to go Without Many myths tell us that we will find ourselves from time to time alone and separated from all that is familiar. How we use these times will affect the richness of our return. We can come back to the world thickened, deepened, and opened by our time on the interior. Those who undertake the full journey into their grief, into their inner world, for whatever may be in there, come back carrying medicine for the world. Think about your approach to this weekend, coming into this time of retreating, retreating from the ordinary and the regular schedule of your Saturday and Sunday routine. You're going to think about this as a retreating, in a sense, a receding, so that you may gain more of yourself and more of your relationship with God, and then emerge again into the world with some new medicine, as it were. A medicine for yourself, a salve for the soul, a restoring of the soul, and a renewing of your relationship in the exterior. Those guys in the, in, the, in the book of Acts and all of their experiences with the Spirit of God, with the Spirit of Christ, after that resurrection event or even after the ascension, if you will, they had these experiences with one another in relationship. In a relationship that would then yield something more than they were separately. That's what this house is being called to. The scripture says that no one has ever seen God at any time. But if we love one another, we get a glimpse. If we have love one 
for another, if we share that inner world with one another, if we open up, if we dare to be brave enough and have the courage to open up ourselves to one another, there I am in the midst of you. These are not paltry words or just little platitudes that we can hang around with and say, well, if we love one another as Jesus loved us, then we... No, this is some gritty stuff. Loving, releasing, forgiving, intentional being. I had a dream this week that um, I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't expecting to have. They didn't get my permission to give me this dream. I did not sign the permission slip before going to sleep. Uh, I woke up from it and immediately grabbed my phone and started writing what I was hearing, writing what I had seen. Um, it was so powerful to me. I called it the power of love. You know when you're in that twilight state, um, either before sleeping or right after sleeping, and things feel so real, um, especially if you're kind of in, in on something, and then just within minutes, it vanishes. Within minutes, that feeling vanishes. It's sort of like it's there on you, and then it's, it's gone. And I didn't want it to go, so I, stood, I, sat, I just laid there very still, and I was in awe of what I felt. And understanding dream interpretation, it's more about the feelings that you feel as you're dreaming than it is about the content. So I um, was in the dream, I was going to Europe. I was a plan to go to Europe. And that happens to be what I'm actually doing in June. I'm actually going to go. But in my dream, I was also planning to go to Europe. And in all of our travel arrangements in the dream, I had failed to make arrangements for this one leg of travel that was very, very critical. And I needed to make the arrangements in advance or we would be without transportation upon arrival. So in the dream, what I did to remedy the situation was I just called up the travel agent. And I said, I need this particular leg of the journey. I need to get from here to here. And can, am I too late to make, to make that arrangement? And the, the travel agent said, no, you're not too late. Let me go ahead and plan it for you. Planned the whole thing very quickly without any issue. Issued the confirmation receipt issued it over to me. I received it. I said, thank you. How do I pay? And they said, there's no payment necessary for this leg of the journey. And in my dream, I was elated, surprised, suspicious. <laughs> but the woman on the other end of the phone said, I need you to receive this reality. Receive it, be grateful for it, 
and diffuse that essence of gratitude upon everyone you meet. And I woke up. I'm just so grateful. And I grabbed my phone and I wrote this poem for us today in in preparation for next weekend. The power of love will open doors that no one can shut. The power of love will create lit roads in a dark wilderness. The power of love bonds people to the extraordinary. The power of love opens clear possibilities and makes clarity in cluttered, cramped, and tight spaces. The power of love opens hearts to give. The power of love unlocks doors that were previously nailed and boarded shut. The power of love reconciles the many disparities in our systems. The power of love launches spontaneity to give that surprise. The surprise gifts of resources that makes a way where there was no way. The power of love heals the sick and raises the dead. The power of love warms the cold heart and releases the offender. The power of love gives sight to the blind and flight to the grounded. The power of love ignites the human to vibrate at their highest frequency to enact changes in the world that will impact generation after generations. The power of love will lift the dead. The power of love will open a heart. The power of love will cause a leaping forward past the usual mark. The power of love usurps genealogical constraints. The power of love leaves an inheritance for its children's children. The power of love unties the ropes of disappointment and frees the heart again to soar with expectations without fear. The power of love creates relationships that nourish the soul. The power of love dispels loneliness and brings a tired soul back to life again. The power of love. It is vital to participate in love. Without it, we are nothing. It is vital that we participate in the conversation. And that has to start within you. It is nothing that I'm asking you to do without having first received it yourself. You cannot do it without a manufacturing of it within you first. This next weekend, we are getting ready to go on a journey through compassion and to compassion and with compassion. And I believe that compassion is a doorway to the possible. It starts with 
compassion for self that we only receive by being tenderly loved by God. How do you feel about your gospel? Do you want to do it right now? Does it seem like it fits since I don't know what it is? I think he has a prayer. Go ahead. Do you have something? Yeah, go ahead. I just want to say for those of you who've been around for a while or even if you're new, one of the cool things about what's going to happen next week besides just participating and doing all these beautiful things that now the bar has been set so high, I hope I don't disappoint you with. Um, but that's just a part of me. <clears throat> God will show up. Anyway, uh, but I do want to say that it is being documented. And so there's just something that I just really want to emphasize, that the workshop is being documented and will be published in my dissertation, which means that this is a moment that is not only going to capture the history of this church that these wonderful women have created, but it's going to capture this moment of whatever it becomes, and I believe it's going to be a moment of significance in the life of this church of understanding the whole of who we are and understanding the theology in a, de in a deeper way that can be articulated. And that's what I'm really optimistic to be able to share with you is just come be a part of that because it's a, it's a, a point in time that is going to get documented. It'll be before it was written about and after it was written about because it's not just in death that we also mark time. It's also in birth that we mark time.